0: At the risk of being crude, there must be 50 ways to love a lingam. 50 ways to love a lingam.
1: In fact, the title
0: of the class is Luscious Lingam Loving. But nonetheless, there are lots of ways to love a lingam, as we'll discuss later in the show. But the point of this show is that you can make things happen, real things like you can change the world with the power of your yoni or your lingam, (laughs) with the power of your sexuality. I mean, you can change things just with normal meditation by focusing on your sensations or your breathing or connecting to the quantum field of ultimate possibility but you can turn it up to 11 with the power of your sexuality. We've got not one, but two Tantrikas. who are going to talk to us about manifesting, femifesting, and everything else. This
1: is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is sexploration. Explore. Play. This is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration
0: with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. Welcome everyone to Sexploration with Monica. Today we have a very exciting show. I've got two Tantrikas from the Oregon Tantra Fest, which is going to be starting on my birthday, in fact, May 30th. So many exciting teachers and Tantra professionals. We have Evelina Rose, who is a channeler, uh, the Council of the Twelve. Delighted to be here. And also coming to us, from Hawaii Amara Karuna welcome to sex exploration with monica thank you so much yeah thank you yeah so today we are going to be talking about making things happen using the power of our minds and even our psychic powers opening up that third eye and also the power of our sexuality and pleasure and love and joy And all that positivity that we can build inside of us when we have real love and real joy. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what is Femifestation.
1: Avelina? I created this word Femifesting because I wanted to find a way to help people access more of their higher dimensional reality in bringing in what they wanted. So it's more than a play on word from manifesting because the feminine works with the gestalt, works with the whole picture. So in manifesting, you set your goal and then you figure out all the steps to get there. In femifesting, we go into a deeply meditative place and then the guides and angels bring in your brightest, clearest future. And then we get you into your quantum body
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And then we
1: take you to the future and you go sit with them.
0: And what is a quantum body?
1: It's our light body. When we open higher and higher into the chakras beyond our crown, we can open into our light body. And it's one with all that is. It's on higher dimensions. And so change can happen there like it can't when we're caught in between past and future
0: caught in between past and future so we're always focusing in the future and we're always focusing on the past so we're not really in the present moment mm-hmm. and that's kind of when we're stuck we're like oh, i don't know i can't get what i want I'm, I'm so frustrated like that's what the condition you're talking about like when you're not able to be present yeah and like me, one- like
3: me, 75% of the time I'm in bed. Sorry, I just thought I'd <laughs> add to this.
0: We are, you know, okay. So one of the things that I've been working on for this shelter in place time, you know, they're not really, you. Can, you really have to like think about and make peace with yourself and who you are. So my practice has been meditate masturbate rinse repeat and basically what that means for me is daily meditation do as much yoga as i can manage (laughs) so and what i really have found helpful and what really helps me get out of the cycle in my mind is being present with what i have now and what i am learning is that as you can develop gratitude and a sense of happiness with what you have now, mm-hmm. you can use that to attract more because it's really hard to attract good things to you when you're always frustrated and angry. And
1: Absolutely. Tantra really helped me learn that process of getting fully in now, mm-hmm. fully in the core of the body, so present that there's just now. And that's where all the pleasure is. That's where all the passion is. So if you wanna create, you wanna create from that place so you can anchor what you create.
0: Right. So you guys are gonna be doing a Tantra Festival coming up actually fairly soon, less than a week. Tell me a little bit about what to expect. It's online, Amara.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Actually, we have many different kinds of events, everything from like morning yoga classes to Tantra pujas or ceremonies where you get to talk with different people, do little practices with them, which we have figured out how to do on Zoom in little Zoom rooms. And it's surprisingly satisfying. I have been doing this festival for several years now in person, and I was doubtful about doing it on Zoom. It lacks a lot when you can't touch and hug people. However, I've been going to other festivals online and they're surprisingly satisfying because you can be close emotionally and you can be close spiritually even if you can't touch physically and that is really satisfying. It's really satisfying and it's fun. So it's a great way to meet people that are like minded. And uh, we have a whole array of classes that you can see at ORTantraFest.com.
0: Oh, good. Okay. So it's also OregonTantraFest.com. Isn't that true? Yes. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So we'll put all of that in the notes. Paul Brumbaugh from The Edge of Insanity is my token straight guy today. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Paul. Thank always you. great to have you. Oh,
3: it's okay. If anybody's got to label me, I'll let you label me.
0: And you're also <laughs> a comedian, so you'll be making things a little bit less reverent. I can get I a won't little more. I won't be jealous. the straight
3: guy in that regard. Yeah, I won't well, be the straight yeah, guy totally. in that regard. I'll, 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 I'll poke a jab here and there, and it will probably be things that... Yeah, nobody else in the room will say, so that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome to play with us. Well,
3: thank you for uh, um, inviting me along for the right ladies. No
0: worries. So what I've really been, to be honest, a little bit obsessed with lately is finding a way I'm a Gemini and I get a little bit bored with meditation because my mind moves so quickly and also I really believe that. Our bodies and pleasure is the beginning of being present in the moment because we can always feel the sensations on our body. And a lot of the world religions really like tell us that sex is wrong and that our bodies are wrong and that you know that women are sluts and scary, and you should <laughs> try to control them or maybe underneath all of that fear is the reality that women and our bodies we're really powerful so what are some of the ways that we can be in our responsibility and our integrity and use pleasure in a positive way do either of you i see evelina nodding evelina
1: (laughs) you want to speak to that sure i'll start because you're like hanging out with the goddess right i hang out with the goddess i hang out with ascended masters my Primary beloveds are on the other side of the veil. So I feel like I'm always in a love relationship, even if there's not a human being near me. Mm-hmm. And that I'm honoring the love relationship inside between the feminine and masculine, mm-hmm. and the love, love relationship with the divine. So it allows me to access pleasure and use it for opening the chakras and enlightenment. And more and more, just bringing it all the way up through the core out to the divine and back again.
0: So I've taken your class and what we learned kind of in the very beginning and what you demonstrated magnificently really is first you start by sensing the sensations on your perineum, like your root chakra. So that's your testicles, your scrotum, your vulva. And, like, your pooper and, like, all of those muscles in your perineum that you use when you excrete, actually. And then you can, like, kind of do your Kegels here. So while you're, like, breathing and undulating, you're moving the energy up your chakras all the way through your first chakra chakra second chakra third chakra all the way up into your heart chakra your throat chakra so you like speak and feel the truth your truth amen sisters and then get up into the back of your throat which is where your what is it called the reptilian brain and like all your autonomic nervous systems and all those and amara's nodding her head because she does the anatomy of sexuality where all the stuff is kind of going on in your brain is is back there too and then Your higher brain, your cerebral cortex and your third eye or and your perineal gland, those are up here. And then, you know, you're trying to move that energy all the way up into your sacred connection to the all that is, right? Mm -hmm. And it's funny, we're all connected, you know, not only electronically, but we can really start to open up to our connection with the divine. And I would like Amara to tell us a little bit more about how pleasure and orgasm really can take us to connections with each other and the divine. Amara? Yeah, I'm very
2: interested in the whole topic about pleasure and meditation and getting into altered states through pleasure one of the simplest meditations that I've learned that's I find really effective is simply try to focus on two of your sensory inputs at the same time. Mm. So you're letting in all the sounds and then you're letting in all the sights, and you try to keep track of them both at once. It'll Mm. totally turn your mind off, which is because you're so busy. (laughs)
0: Because you're
2: so busy and you're busy focusing on your sensations. And that relaxes your monkey mind talking, mm-hmm. front brain kind of energy and gets mm-hmm. you into a slower state. Any kind of pleasure, even just you know stroking your hair or mm-hmm. looking at something beautiful, gets you into an alpha brainwave state and makes lots of changes in your brain chemistry. That help you get into what's essentially like a light trance state. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that light trance state, you're much more suggestible. Mm-hmm. You're, it's like your um, subconscious mind is more accessible. Mm-hmm. So anything you do when you're in that kind of relaxed, spacey pleasure. Uh, In the moment, kind of state, anything you say to yourself, affirmations, um, things you want to create, it just goes right into your subconscious. So one of the practices we really like to do is um, have two people together, and one of them is like massaging the other person and getting them into that nice, relaxed, pleasure state, and then also telling them things that they would like to hear, like... You are able to manifest whatever you want, you know. Uh, the, you, you give them affirmations while they're in that state. Right,
3: wait, wait, don't stop, Amara. Powerful. Don't stop. Keep going. I'm waiting. Keep going. I want
2: some more of those. Oh, yes, oh. you are infinitely powerful. That's right.
3: <laughs> wait, hold on. Let me stroke my hair. Oh, wait, it's all gone. Hold on. I've lost that sensibility. Well, okay, and
0: and what's really amazing is that this is real and that you can. make changes in your real life okay so one of the the exciting things that happened to me recently is that during the coronavirus pandemic you know at the very beginning they weren't really saying you know hey cancel all your plans and don't go anywhere so you know the beginning of march march 2nd i flew to europe (laughs) for a month-long vacation i'm like this is going to be fine right And what I didn't realize, things were escalating so quickly, exponentially, pretty soon, I wasn't going to be able to get home on March 31st. But of course, you know, I was just trying to have a good time and, you know, I was doing all the things like washing my hands and stuff, but I didn't realize the severity of what was going on globally. I was in the south of Spain and, you know, things started to shut down and I had an easy jet flight back to Paris, you know, for, so I could enjoy the rest of my trip. But of course, you know, the rest of my trip, I didn't realize just wasn't going to happen. But my flights were canceled. Like, what am I going to do? And I like really started meditating. What do I want? And it just came to me. I wanna go home so that I can be quarantined in my house. Look at my beautiful house with all my snacks and my kitchen and all the stuff. And I wanna be in San Francisco. And I didn't have a return ticket until the 31st. You know, I heard all the nightmares, like six hours on hold with Delta. But my friend who is an Air France flight attendant who's the same as Delta, called me right after I was waking up from a meditation. And she's like, girl, You have two days to get home. Okay, I'm going to call Delta right now. And I was on hold for one minute and I got a person. I told him the story and I need to get home and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, a couple of different variations and okay, I can get you a flight out of Madrid in like three days. And I was like, oh, that's not two days, but okay, that's better. And then I was on hold for a second time. And that was the miracle time. I explained it again. And he's like, if you can get to Paris in a day and a half, I've got a morning flight from San Francisco direct um, (laughs) Charles de Gaulle to San Francisco, where I didn't have to do any like crazy stuff. And they didn't even charge me any money. All I had to do was get another ticket from, which wasn't nothing, of course, but you know, it like happened. It worked out. And I actually had people come to me and be like, oh, well, I know someone who's working on that flight. And all you have to do is buy a ticket on this airline. And so, you know, got it finally worked out. And then I found myself home in less than 48 hours. It was really like a miracle. And I I feel like it's absolutely possible. Amara? Absolutely, and what you're
2: talking about is you first got really clear on what you wanted. And I think the most powerful way to manifest something is to Feel how it will feel when you have what you want. So practice feeling how you will feel when you have what you want. And when you're vibrating on that level of that feeling, it attracts it to you. If you're always thinking, oh, I don't have what I want, I don't want have what I want, then that's what goes into your subconscious. But if you're focusing on, well, what will it feel like when I'm at home? The pathways will open up. And I also wanted to say that in terms of pleasure, When you add sexual pleasure, it greatly intensifies the pleasure effect in your brain and in your whole body. Whole bunches of changes happen. The point of orgasm, of course, is like a massive blast of energy. And if you can hold a thought of what you want Mm. in that moment, It's kind of like putting rockets on your affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) Like you got to watch what you're asking for when you (laughs) think it that way. (laughs) it's very powerful.
0: That's probably why they go, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, everybody (laughs)
2: says, oh, God.
0: Right? So (laughs) let's talk a little bit about the process of meditating because Evelina has this really beautiful set of meditations that I've been trying. Evelina?
1: I wanted to just add, I've been using that sex magic with a co-teacher of mine. Yeah. And when we want to fill workshops, we'll get on the phone or on Zoom and breathe the sex magic breathing together and bring it up and energize our visions and mm. help us build our businesses.
0: How does that work? So you like doing the undulations you and do clenching the undulation, your perineum
1: yeah. and, and moving very,
0: through the chakras?
1: It's a very special breath that you do that keeps building and building. Yeah. It's yeah, good to stated
0: in it. Some amazing skills. I just was in awe when I was in one of your workshops. You demonstrated, basically, you went into an orgasmic state in like two minutes flat. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Uh, um, uh,
3: okay. I'm, I'm totally confused. I've been uh, working on breathing and, and trying to self-meditate and all that stuff. Quiet and mind. I've been working on it for the last couple of years. I can barely just focus on my breathing and my body moving in and out and trying to keep center. And you're bringing yourself to orgasm. Okay. Yeah. Sure.
1: We're just well, in totally
3: different places. I'm well, how you
1: do right you now. get there? Like, yeah, practicing? how do you get there? Help, help. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. It's adding the undulation and the PCs, the PC muscles, the perineal muscles are like a pump that's designed to send the kundalini up the inner core. We call it the inner flute. When you learn how to do that, then you're able to move yourself into orgasm. But frankly, a lot of it is because I demonstrated for 20 some years and I got really good at doing it fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm never more than a minute from an orgasm. I just Isn't that cool? She enjoy
0: for my she, day. Yeah, it just... Seeing the moon or something, I was, you know, when you told me that, I was like, "Wow, that's so
2: cool."
3: That should be definitely at the top of your list of your skill set. <laughs> telling you now.
0: <laughs> totally. So, what are some of the things that we're going to be doing at the Oregon Tantra Fest? Different classes. I know Reid Mihalko of Read About Sex is teaching a class.
2: Yeah, he's got a couple of them. He's got Tantra for Pragmatists. In his own funny way,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: he's also doing the ins and outs of hand sex. Oh, good. Which will be well. That's really handy
0: because we're all kind <laughs> of stuck in our houses, you know. Exactly.
2: Exactly, and I'll be doing a class on self massage around the pelvis and genitals and belly for mm-hmm. actually for healing because I'm very interested in um, in healing. Yeah, using the sexual energy for healing because uh, arousal has so many health benefits for your body and Mm -hmm. you can combine different healing uh, modalities along with being aroused and it makes them more potent. So we're going to do a
1: self-practice.
2: And Evelina has some lovely classes she'll be doing. Tell us about your classes,
1: Evelina. I'll do one on Sunday the 31st that's Erotic Communication and Negotiating Boundaries. And it's really practicing what I call the love sandwich, which I may have taught in the workshop.
0: Yes, we have talked about the love sandwich. Yeah. Hey, she's, have, she's told, told me about the love table.
3: sandwich. I'm telling you now, it has passed its way down all the way to me. Oh. I, t- I, t-
1: I talked about it last night.
3: There you go.
1: Great. <laughs> right. So it's a beautiful way to ask for what you want and putting it within two slices of bread, two slices of valuing statements. So people want to give it to you, and it increases the erotic charge. So that's Sunday, 1 to 3 on Pacific. And then Monday, I have an erotic pleasuring meditation. So it's a white tantra piece people will be doing with themselves. First, I'll teach a little bit of the undulatory breathing so people can really feel it. And then I'll be helping people to bring the energy up in their bodies And then just send it out to the heart of the divine and back again. And then we send it to our loved ones and Mm -hmm. this erotic charge to our bank account and our business we're going back to or whatever you want to create. It goes into supporting the earth and also manifesting. And then I have another one, which is also white Tantra on the Thursday, the 11th, and it's called Creating a Solo Erotic Life. Many ways of really bringing pleasure to yourself and being able to activate the vagus nerve in your body that helps bring the energy when the energy comes all the way up. Then it touches the hypothalamus and it produces oxytocin, which is the chemical we get from touch with others. So how to, how to activate your own biochemistry with touch and dancing for the inner beloved and all kinds of ways of being erotic with yourself.
0: Yeah. So in the meditation practices, I mean, I'm doing one that's influenced by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So it's basically feeling the sensations in each chakra and then blessing the chakra Mm -hmm. for all the awesome things that it helps you with in your life. You know, I think about all the joy that I have in my sexuality and then I think about the pleasure that I get from being able to digest my food and the pleasure that I get from breathing and the pleasure that I get from loving and the pleasure that I get from speaking my truth and, you know, all the way up through my body. And then we're also supposed to connect each chakra with a sense of gratitude or love and even thinking about an object and then thinking of it while you're specifically really thinking about the sensations and connecting with that particular chakra, like feeling the tingling or engorgement or blood flow or whatever you're feeling in the present moment and just adding an extra layer of just thinking about how much you love whatever thing, like that adds some new information to that chakra. Being in the moment with what is, but then also adding something yummy. What I have found is that even though I'm thinking about something that I think is kind of maybe superficial, I often think about my pink fuzzy blanket because it's fuzzy, it's pink. I love it. But because it's with me when I'm doing the meditation, I can, you know, it's something that I love, you know, even though it's like a superficial thing, you know, have a really authentic sense of what's real. And I'm wondering, like, what are some of the other kind of examples of good practices that Evelina and Amara do when they're really trying to generate... Like, really good positive feelings. I know Evelina mentioned Planet Earth, which is a good thing to be grateful for and connected to.
1: Evelina? One of the things I've loved with the online dancing is I have a scarf that's just, it's really sensual and feels very sexy. And when I dance with it and let it touch my face, I feel like I'm being touched by someone. And mm-hmm. also, when, when you are touching yourself, you're feeling the hand that's touching and the place being touched. Right. And you're bringing your consciousness there. That's what really makes touch sensual and satisfying. And I love the piece about thinking about something that really pleasures you. Right. When I am on Zoom with someone and we're hugging, I'll say, I want you to remember our hugs. Remember how wonderful it feels when I'm hugging you. Mm -hmm. And we can both be right there. So I did that Saturday night in a puja with someone that I've had lots and lots of hugs with. And we were both just totally embraced. And I came away with lots of oxytocin, even though it was Zoom. It was amazing. Yeah,
0: even though you're generating it yourself, even though it's harder. We really have to break out of our shell, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to let ourselves travel the distance and connect with other people. I know that it's strange and terrible time in some ways, but this is sort of magic. I mean, now people who couldn't have been able to get to Oregon, I mean, you can have people all over the world coming to the Oregon Tantra Festival.
2: Yeah, that's right. I really think that breathing is a major component of getting yourself into that relaxed, light trance state taking deep, slow breaths, sends a signal to your brain to relax. It can be really a doorway into changing your brain chemistry. And I like what you were saying about thinking about gratitude,
3: mm. because
2: they've actually done studies with um, the heart map, people do a lot of studies about this about how when you focus on gratitude, or pleasure of any kind, within a few moments, your actual heart rate becomes more coherent. It has less chaos on the little machines that are monitoring the heart rate. It becomes more coherent and also your brain waves become more coherent just by thinking about something you're grateful for. And so you're actually making a really strong chemical, physical change in your body just by deciding to focus your thoughts in that way.
0: So, I want to talk a little bit more about the brainwave states of meditation. You mentioned alphabet brainwaves, and there's also what, theta and delta brainwaves. And so, we can get into deeper brainwave states and really start to make changes, both healing and manifestation, but also. What I have noticed is when I'm super duper turned on and I'm with a partner, like sometimes I will literally know what they want, like what I should do to them next. I'm like, oh, you really want me to, I can't exactly remember what it was, but do this here, or over here. You know what I mean? And they were like, how did I was thinking that? You know what I mean? It, have either of you guys, you guys are both nodding your heads. Tell us a little bit more about the psychic component of, brainwave states when we're getting into relaxation and trance. Evelina?
1: I'd love for Amara to go first because I think she studied it more than I have.
0: Okay. Amara?
2: Yeah, I think mostly you're working in alpha wave states, which is that light meditative trance state. Um, The deeper states are more ones that take you really into the zone, like your deep sleep and uh, you're not an alpha state is one that you're kind of you're you're present you're very present but your mind is relaxed and your body is relaxed so when you're in that state it's almost like you're radio your radio receiver and all of our thought forms our electromagnetic waves are bodies are built on electromagnetism, right? They can measure the electromagnetic field around us. We're like vibratory electromagnetic beings. We're vibrating our thought waves. We're also vibrating our heart waves. And actually, the electromagnetic field of your heart is way stronger than from your brain, way stronger. So what your heart is doing and the state of energy that you're projecting from your heart has a huge effect on the field around you some people tend to be naturally more projectors they're more solar and some people are more lunar they're more like receptive Um, but generally when you're in that trance state you can receive energy more easily you can receive the information of things that are around you and you'll just have a feeling about things you'll just know or images will come to your mind or you'll feel in your gut what's happening around you animals do this all the time naturally right we've just sort of forgotten how to do it because our mental chatter has gotten so strong that it blocks us from knowing it but if we're relaxed we can it's very easy to receive that psychic information
0: let's also talk a little bit more about healing so when you're in a place of pleasure i mean i have a friend who has been on sex exploration with monica in the past where we were talking about you know transcendent states and they use bdsm and the high states of arousal with the sympathetic nervous system where they are using BDSM with intention and lots of negotiation and of course a lot of conversation and safe words for healing and how can meditation and tantra be used for healing because I know that there's a lot of sexual healing that's needed in our culture because we've been shamed.
1: I think what first got me into tantra was I had done therapy with people for so long helping them move through incest memories. And someone said, when do we get to get beyond this? When do we get to have our sexuality? And tantra, to me, very much frees up the body because you're learning how to really live in, in the chakras and how to use your own life force. There's a phrase in tantra that everyone represents a divine beloved. So if people are seeing the divine beloved in you, they're seeing the best in you. And I think we bring out the best in each other and celebrate that. So to me, the healing it often is less trying to heal something as it is evolving a present life, evolving the capacity for joy and pleasure and being here now, mm-hmm. which indirectly heals things. Right. And yeah. Now, I was going to say there are some beautiful ways that healing is, sexual healing is also used, the yoni, the yoni healing work and the sexual spot work for men. And that is more oriented to healing, but it's done in a really sacred way. So that it's a, a worship, which is one of the meanings of the word tantra, is worship.
2: Amara? Yeah, I'm very interested in how the chemical changes and the emotional changes that come with pleasure can be channeled for, especially physical healing, also emotional healing because emotions are very much integrated into the body. But, and trauma, one of them. Yeah. And trauma. And so one of the main things that's needed in healing is to run energy through the system to get energy moving Because when you have a trauma, what tends to happen is things get blocked up, they clamp Mm -hmm. up, and then that stays stuck there unless you can get it to move somehow. So uh, a lot of what we work with in Tantra, breath, sound, and movement, is to unstick that life force energy and get it to move. And when you can get it to move, it will uh, energize and enliven all the cells, as well as work through the chakras and the emotional body. So, and that needs to be done with skill because if you've been blocked up and you haven't been running much energy through your body, you'll have kind of what we call a pleasure ceiling where you can only handle so much pleasure. And it's like your nervous system hasn't been developed Mm -hmm. to be able to run that much energy through it. So you kind of, I like to kind of gently work in stages, like how much is this person ready to receive right now? How much can they open up uh, and not just, let's just blast it through as much as we can uh, to see what we can get to come out. You know, let's be gentle and kind of open it up and help the nervous system develop. Um, It's like developing muscles. You know, it takes a little while to develop those um, physical structures including your nerves, to be able to take more energy and take more pleasure.
3: It Amara, sounded let's... like a lot of what you were saying. It sounded like you were almost going to the gym. You had to work up to it.
0: Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and Amara is going to talk a little bit about neuroplasticity, because it is something that you can develop. And even if you're thinking, oh, I'm too old for this, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, like you can totally. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like. Just learn to turn yourself on in new ways. And you know, on Sexploration with Monica, we've talked about people who are completely paralyzed all the way, you know, from the neck down, but instead they can have an orgasm through their earlobe. So anything is possible with practice and intention. Amara? Yeah, that
2: would be really cool. I've never had one with my earlobe. I'll have to work on
0: that. (laughs) They do say the underneath part of your eyelid is an erogenous zone, but it usually only happens if you're like super turned on. I think I might skip that one.
3: Yeah, I'll skip that one. I'm going for the earlobe. I'm with you, Amara. I'm telling you now, I'm doing the earlobe thing.
2: Yeah, well, the basic idea is that, you know, they used to think that all your brain cells were there and they were just stable and they never grew or died or whatever. But now they've been finding that actually your brain is changing all the time. And your brain changes in response to what you do. So if you do something again and again and again, the brain goes, oh, we must need more neurons along that pathway. And it actually builds little neural pathways like a highway that can are reinforced every time you do that thing, and they become very strong little neural highways. Uh, and also, conversely, if you are no longer doing something that you used to do that you don't want to do anymore, the brain will go, oh, we're not doing that anymore, it'll take apart that neural highway. So if you're trying to get out of an addiction or some bad habit and you can manage to stop doing it long enough, the brain will actually take those apart, so you won't be so tempted to do it so much. So that means that uh, if you listen to music all the time, you'll develop more of the hearing part of your brain. If you touch yourself sexually and massage your genitals every day, you will develop more neurons that go in that direction and actually develop your nervous system as well as your brain. So um, yeah, kind of like going to the gym, (laughs) except you do it in your bed.
0: Totally. Or not in your bed or whatever. I mean, because a lot of the things is you can make these erotic zones in parts of your body that aren't socially unacceptable. Like the welcome consensus talks about the inside of your elbow or the the back of your knees. And those are, are really sensitive spots that you can make into pleasure zones. I can see Evelina is nodding. Do you have any tips on finding new and exploring more erogenous zones, Evelina?
1: There's a wonderful practice called pleasure mapping where people, couples or whoever's lovers might take an hour just for one person to receive and the other to give and with, with feedback. And so they try out all different kinds of touch in different parts of the body to discover what the person likes it changes all the time so it might not be exactly that every time but it builds in a communication loop with touch so that if you want it a little softer or a little harder now you know that the person loves that because they get to please you so you explore the whole body the front and back all the 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 elbows every place that the nerve endings are close to the surface is an erogenous zone so you explore all those which we'll be doing in the workshop. And what I found when I did the pleasure mapping was I have this erogenous zone that's not on anybody's map, right above my left. Where knee, is it? <laughs> above my left knee, up that thigh, a few, a few inches. Not on my other side. One side, and it, it during making love, it just sends me over the <laughs> over the whole peak. And And I was going to
3: say, if you found it, can't you name it? Isn't it like a star? (laughs) Can't you like, and it's on your own body, you would be able to name that, right? Like every, you know, the
0: Grafenberg spot, that's the Evelina spot.
3: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I'm just saying, that's why I'm here.
0: Let's talk a little bit about consent and integrity and responsibility because People sometimes call Tantra the danger path because it's so easy in our rape culture and culture of hierarchy and, you know, a lot of people are survivors of abuse, how important it is to really model healthy consent, healthy boundaries. I'm sure both of you probably talk about this at the beginning of each of your workshops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Evelina?
1: It's a really important part of the workshops and especially being a therapist and inviting survivors of incest into my workshops. It's been really primo for me to make sure things are very safe and sacred. I have assistants to help with that, but we also talk about consent and we teach consent and I've developed exercises that are more than just saying yes or saying no. But the difference between a clear no and a wishy-washy no, a clear yes and a, well, yeah, okay, right. Like, uh, sure. Yeah. When
0: things are not a
1: yes. Not a yes. yes. You want an enthusiastic yes. Like, oh, that sounds great. And we say, if it's not a, if it's not a full yes, it's a no. Right. It's a maybe. Yeah. Then we also teach how to. Maybe is a no. Yeah.
0: Or maybe later is definitely a no.
1: Definitely a no. Yeah. It's a, it's a wishy-washy no, because you're basically saying, come back, and I'll have to figure out how to tell you no again.
0: I know. So and it's not ha- putting the other person in a good place either, because they're like, well, I want this thing, so do I go back and check? And then it's mm-hmm. so much better to like know what you want so you can manifest it.
1: And then we teach people how to negotiate boundaries. So it might be, well, not that, and what I'm willing to do is this. Mm-hmm so that you're finding a shared playing field because that's where the most joy is. And I think of boundaries as setting out the perimeter of the playing field. So now we know within this, this area, everything's fine. But these are the things we've already decided are all limits. So it helps people actually gain safety. I was thinking when Amara was talking that for survivors that building up of the nervous system to handle more pleasure can happen in tantra without being with a partner and so they get to be more consistent in their pleasure response before they go into a relationship makes a big difference
2: yeah actually that's recommended highly that you do self-practice um and tantricists often say self-practice is the most important thing to do to develop your capacity to open yourself up because it's actually more difficult when you have another person there and you have the whole relationship and you have balancing the energy going back and forth. It makes it way more complex.
0: And expectations and what you both imagine for the future and what, you, right. you know, what you're traumatized by and all your baggage and like everything that people bring to relationships is pretty heavy
2: yeah and i also wanted to say in terms of consent that it's really important to talk about consent before you get sexually aroused Mm -hmm. you know why because
0: when you're sexually aroused Mm -hmm. part
2: of your brain actually turns off
0: your cerebral cortex actually shuts off when you're super aroused and you'll be like wait i totally know the you know like i was trying to describe the bridge pose but i you know, it was right after orgasm. And I was like, I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, off. you know,
2: that feeling you've like negotiated your boundaries and then you get aroused and you're like, well, yeah. maybe we maybe should renegotiate. It. Like this feels so good. Bad idea. Right. Bad idea. Don't renegotiate in the middle of it, because likely when the person comes down from that chemical high of being aroused, they might get annoyed that you didn't respect their original boundaries.
3: Well, even legally, even legally, don't they tell you don't make any legal decisions when you're in the (laughs) wrong state of mind? And so I'm thinking, you've already got me in bed. Right. (laughs) You've already got me halfway where you probably want me. Well, and and you the, prop. Forgive me this proposition, but you get it, yeah.
0: Well, the problem <laughs> is, is a lot of people associate romance with having a drink, you know? Like, let's have a romantic dinner and share a glass of wine, and I really want to buy this person a drink because I want to connect with them. And the problem is, is that alcohol really affects your judgment. Mm. I mean, sure, you can use it lightly and in a positive way, but. What's really important is that you're super conscious and that you don't re-up and make any decisions that later you might regret. Did you want to add something, Amara? Yeah, just to
2: be really careful about consent in in terms of that, knowing that you want to do your negotiating ideally beforehand, which is hard for a lot of people to do because you're kind of hoping that the person will just sort of slip into your arms and then you can start kissing them and, and then it'll know, all be magical. it. will all be magical. But the consent process can actually be really sexy. Totally. You know, you can, you can say, you know, I want to talk about what I'd like, and I would just really love to be able to kiss you tonight, you know, and get really yummy with you. And what do you think about that? You know, would that be good for you? You know, you, it can
0: be kind of sexy when right. you're having- and, you right? yeah, and what would you enjoy, right? Yeah, what would you what enjoy? would this feel like if I tried this? You know, yeah. you can explore different ideas. Yeah.
2: it doesn't have to be really mechanical and
0: (laughs) totally (laughs) non-sexy totally yeah like i know Reed Mihalko is a big consent educator and what he does is he asks for consent in this i wish i could do it but he was asking really before doing it like before making any contact but also like really describing in a really sexy and beautiful way just the way would you enjoy this sensation and that sensation and uh, it just made it really I mean I'm sure he's going to talk about consent in his workshops but yeah like just the way that he he makes it
3: attractive
0: exactly he's a salesman
3: he's selling himself and he likes his product (laughs) because his product is him and pleasure
0: right so that's
3: not a bad thing ladies that's not a bad thing
0: Right. What's not to like? Exactly.
3: Hey, it's better than uh, selling a little siding.
0: And (laughs) self-love is really important. I mean, not only is it really hard to like manifest anything, but it's hard to be in a relationship if you don't love yourself.
3: Amen, sister.
0: I also wanted to say that
2: uh, in terms of consent can keep going on, even if you decided, all right, I want to go ahead and have sex with this person. You know, this is clear that it's going to happen. It's still kind of nice to ask as things are going on. Is it okay if I touch your breast now? Is Mm -hmm. it, you know, would you like, would you enjoy this? It's just nice to be asked, Mm -hmm. especially for me as a woman. I really like to be asked.
1: I remember connecting at a, level party with someone that after a, a while of platonic could go further as long as you kept your pants on. And I love that boundary. And everything that he did, he asked first. And I noticed how honored I felt, respected. And he was we just met. But because he asked and he waited for me to respond, which is a big piece of consent, You don't just ask, you know, can I put my hand there?
0: And then touch, yeah.
1: Yeah, but waited and gave me time. Because of that, I was able to go much further than I would have otherwise and felt really mad, felt really treasured by his asking.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we get so balled up about in our culture because we don't know how to say what we want. I know that a lot of the reasons that people aren't clear about talking about sexually transmitted infections and that sort of thing is that they're just super ashamed and that if you have a sexually or have ever had in your whole lifetime a sexually transmitted infection, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you got in contact with a germ and it has nothing to do with Who you are as a person, you know, like this could happen to anyone. Mm. And if you want sex, you know, and if you enjoy pleasure, almost every person on the planet enjoys some kind of pleasure. I mean, certainly there's asexuality and I want to recognize and honor that. But I think that, you know, there is asexual pleasure that is available. You know, I certainly don't want to speak to what that is, but in any case, you know, like it's okay for you to own what you want and be open to exploring and being asked. I love Evelina's story about like really feeling treasured when people ask you. And also, even if you're a no, you know, what Read Me Halco models is thanks for taking care of yourself when someone's a no to you. But then, you know, saying what I would be a yes to is a hug or a walk or, you know, what you authentically would desire. And I think that's a really great thing to explore because people do want to give you what you want. That's what Evelina was talking about earlier, that, you know, your partner really does want to please you and pleasure you. And that's why you should start with that first in the love sandwich and then go back to that at the other end of the love sandwich and be like, you know, and it would be even better if you did this. (laughs) Gotta smash them in there.
1: (laughs) Well. I think that self-love piece is so mm -hmm. valuable because Mm -hmm. when you're loving yourself, the other doesn't have to do so much it's like we meet each other in our self-love rather than we're both kind of empty trying to create love. We're sharing from a full place, which is lovely. Mm
0: -hmm. So I want to tell people where to find the show, the OregonTantraFest.com. Amara, you said that you had another shorter URL. Yeah, they both
2: go to the same place, but ortantrafest.com also will take you there. Awesome. And we'll be uh, selling tickets probably into the first week of the festival. We did the festival for two weeks with a few classes a day, thinking that maybe people could work in a class or two every day uh, rather than trying to pack it all into four days where it's like, you know, 24 hours of classes you could never watch them all. Um, right. So we're, we're trying to kind of spread it out to make a nice feeling of, you can participate a little bit every day.
0: I know that you have a ton of people, Tantra practitioners and teachers that you're working with. Who are some of the, the people that are teaching?
2: Well, we're gonna have Scott Katamas teaching some, and also, uh, I don't have my list right in oh, front of me.
0: Read Me Halko's teaching a class. Yes. Evelina Rose is teaching. And also,
2: uh, Ray Cohen is going to do a really interesting class on risk assessment in the age of COVID. Mm. So you were talking about uh, the conversation you have to have around uh, sexually transmitted STIs. diseases mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Well, now we have to talk about what kind of risk tolerance do we have? How okay. safe do we want to be when we're connecting with someone? So that should be a really interesting class also. And our our, um, headliner is Crystal Dawn Morris, who teaches with the International School of Temple Arts. And she'll be doing some really amazing classes also. Many, many other ones. Gwen Cody is
1: one of my favorite teachers from Portland. She's doing your animal body speaking and does great work.
2: Mm -hmm. She's doing one on uh, breath work Mm -hmm. and also listening to the voice of your genitals. We also have Cliff Mm Rees teaching about how to negotiate doing threesomes and moresomes. He's worked out some really great stuff. Victor Waring and uh, Sapphire Buchalion are going to be doing ecstatic dance. They do really amazing stuff with that. And we have Dawn Beck and Gerard Gatz also doing How to Do Really Luscious Lingam Loving. Ooh, lingam loving. (laughs) Yeah. That would be fellatio, right? Well, I think this is more with hands, although I can't guarantee that she might not also
0: get into fellatio. Um, I don't know her class plan. (laughs) Well, you know, there's just... There's a lot of ways to love a lingam, <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> and love they're all fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's been such a pleasure to have you both on the show. Um, we did go a little bit over. <laughs> Sorry, but there was just so much goodness here. Thank you so much for coming on Sex Exploration with Monica. We're also Uh, hopefully gonna be on Paul Brumbaugh's Edge of Insanity, Paul.
3: Oh, absolutely. We're definitely putting this on the YouTube and we're gonna do an audio version of this next Sunday, so definitely. We need to get the love out there, ladies. We gotta get the love out there everywhere, right? Spread the love, spread the
0: love. Thanks so much, it was really fun. Yeah, totally fun. Thank you, you, Evelina Rose, Amara Karuna, And it's OregonTantraFest.com. Thanks so much for listening to Paul Brumba and the Edge of Insanity. And this is Sexploration with Monica. You can watch that episode on YouTube. I have my own channel now. It's also called Sexploration with Monica, but you do have to spell the K m-o-n-i-k-a Sexploration with Monica on YouTube watch that show and thanks for making the world sexier by listening to Sexploration with Monica